This episode of United Motherhood is proudly brought to you by my fave candles, Hunter Candles. Hunter Candles are a local handmade business from Newtown, Sydney, who draw on inspiration from the natural surroundings of their suburb, the art-filled streets, and importantly, the people who influence their life with their love and creativity. Not only are Hunter Candles beautiful to sniff, they are stunning to look at. I have been a customer of Hunter Candles for years now. They actually curated a bespoke candle with a scent and branding for all our wedding guests, which was coming up to five years ago now. Hunter Candles have so generously given us United Motherhooders a 20% off discount code. So head to their web website, their website, which is linked below and use the code YOUNGMAMA20 for 20% off their range. Welcome back to United Motherhood with me, Zoe Young, and today's guest, Erin. Erin is unlike anyone I've ever podcast with. She is real, she isn't afraid to have the candid conversation, and she's not ashamed to tell anyone how she really is feeling when it comes to parenting a special needs child. This is her superpower. She may not realize it, but she is changing the social media space. She is driving awareness and she is driving community. It's beautiful to watch. In this episode, we dive into Erin's journey to motherhood and hear just how heartbreaking her reality is of parenting her beautiful Luella, who suffers from infantile spasms. Together we laugh, we cry, so make sure you've got the tissues on hand because this really is an emotional one. Before we get into the episode, I need to remind you that this is Erin's story. It's not yours, it's not mine, and together we must respect and accept each other enough to know that we're all doing our best. Alrighty guys, get ready. It's a special one. Yeah, God. Well, anyway, we'll get started, but let's yeah. jump into the questions. But sure. we'll start. I want to start with you. Like I, all the all the people I talk to, pretty much are mums. Some coming up aren't mums, but majority are. But before we get into motherhood, I think it's important to, I guess, get a bit of background. Who you were before you were mummy before you were on Instagram, before you started sharing. Tell us a little yeah. bit about who you were. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big question really because, I mean, I'm, I'm really no different to every other average mum now. But before that, um, I mean, how would I des- describe myself then? It's so different to who I am now, but I was happy. Um, I was really social. Um, I loved, you know, having a good time and going out. I mean, I was that girl probably always at your local watering hole having a wine with friends. It was, it was just great. And, and, um, and then I met Dave. Uh, we met um, more of the, the modern way through Tinder. Oh, my gosh, stop. You're a Tinder couple? <laughs> we are a Tinder couple. I love yes. that. That's so Living cool. Living and breathing. <laughs> yes. I never got to do the Tinder thing. Toby and I have been together since I was, like, 17. And oh, wow. I feel like I missed out on, like, a oh, right of <laughs> No, I, I play on all my friends, and it is so fun. <laughs> so good. I mean, you know, Dave and I, on our first date, we talked about marriage, about babies, about family. It, we just wanted the same thing. So it was a really nice way. It was a bit of a slow burn after that, to be honest. Um, we weren't quite sure of one another. We'd been hurt a bit. But anyway, um, we put all of that aside, and we gave it a, a really good crack. And we were married, and pregnant within two years and we'd also moved interstate for Dave's work within six months of meeting so 
turned a lot in pretty quickly. <laughs> you guys like moved, like you made me slow burn for a bit, but you moved quick. Oh yeah, we did after that. It was like, right, you know, everything's just gung-ho. Let's, let's just do that. We had quite a big honeymoon, so there was lots of enjoying that with probably far too many bottles of wine, um, <laughs> as you do on a honeymoon. Um, and so I, we didn't fall on the honeymoon. Uh, we got married in the October we were away for about six weeks and then um, we fell in the January. So the honeymoon was just for practice. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> lots, lots of practice. <laughs> okay. And when you found out you were pregnant, like obviously it was on your radar to fall pregnant, were you so excited? I was so excited. I, yeah, I'd really always wanted to be a mum for a really long time. I mean, like a decade more, um, you know, so you've you've had a lot of time to think about family and babies and pregnancy and all of the things that hopefully come with motherhood um so yeah we were just so excited it was yeah yeah we were stoked (laughs) and how was the pregnancy yeah I guess you know there was nothing no major concerns through my pregnancy um I did get uh influenza a uh in my second trimester and ended up in emergency um so that was not fun at that point um but yeah, other than that, it was pretty uneventful. Um, Can influenza A do anything to the bub? Is there any studies on so, that? So I actually don't know a lot of detail around it. Um, they do give you a drug called Tamiflu, uh, which they tell you is safe in pregnancy. Um, with everything else going on, I mean, I obviously, I, it's one area I actually haven't really researched a lot on. Um, I haven't found much around it. They tell you it's safe, but who knows in, in this world today um so yeah pregnancy was pretty pretty uneventful um I really enjoyed it for quite some time but that last trimester I found really tough it was just my you know the kind of standard things back aches all of that it was feeling just really heavy and stretched (laughs) my belly I just felt like it was just going to burst at the front (laughs) oh my god you were such a cute little pregnant I was like obviously stalked your Instagram a lot but you were such a cute little prego like your belly was so thank you beautiful and perfect oh thank you I mean I love women pregnant I think we just all just pregnancy is just so beautiful it's an amazing amazing thing oh it is it's it is incredible, like to think that our body houses a human, and it's half it's of crazy. yeah, half your husband and half you. That just yeah, so- and it makes a little human that is yeah, half of you. It's 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 really special. It is really special. And your birth, how was your like giving birth? How was that? I'm obsessed with birth. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you look stressed. Uh, <laughs> my birth for me was pretty traumatic. I mean, there are, I'm sure a lot of more traumatic births out there where things can go really, really wrong. Um, you know, doctors tell me it was uneventful, but I went into labor or sorry, my waters broke on the Friday, but Luella wasn't born till the Monday. Uh, so I went into, into hospital on the Saturday after my waters broke and they actually sent me home. Um, they did did um, an internal swab to check if my waters had broken and they said that they hadn't uh, because they couldn't detect any amniotic fluid. So they assumed that everything was still intact. Um, Where looking back now, knowing what I know, I mean, I was a first time, I'm a first time mum. I mean, going into motherhood is just literally like you're blindfolded. You just don't know what's coming. 
And um, I just kind of thought none the wiser. Well, you're at the hospital. They're telling you this. So you do what you're told. Um, They told me to put a pad on and go home and change it if I needed to. And then, you know, the the contractions really built up um, from Saturday afternoon. I was... um, you know, they weren't um, getting to that kind of three-minute-apart thing, but, you know, they were slowly increasing. and oh, painful. Really painful. Like, I was crying out. Um, and on the Sunday morning, so the, the uh, contractions actually dissipated over the Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, um, I actually had a doula because I really just wanted a female presence there for me emotionally and just to – make sure that everything was happening kind of how it should. She'd had children, um, you know, she'd done this a hundred times. So I, and also I just didn't want someone that was family, not that I don't love my mom and other women in my life. I just needed someone external to family so that if I did, I don't know, yell at them or something, it was very, very much a professional type of relationship. Um, so we rang my doula and she said to me, oh, uh, why don't you go for a walk? So Dave and I decided to take our dog Millie for a walk down to the park. And I'm not even joking you. I was screaming at having contractions in the park. For anyone that was walking past, I'm leaning over Dave, like <laughs> head on my hands, screaming into his chest, like running around while I'm screaming into Dave. I mean, why? I don't know. But anyway. Um, but that's not on you. That's on the hospital. Like that, and this, like, yeah. this is me getting into my like um, – my own headspace, which I shouldn't project out, but you should never have been sent home. Like the risk of infection, like there's so much. Absolutely. Yeah. That just, it blows my mind. Yeah. The risk that comes in and not just to the baby, but to you as well. Like it's it's massive. And to think that that was Friday and then, you know, anyway, you're at the dog park. Tick tick telling us about the dog park. well, yeah, Sorry. You know what? again, no, not at all. It, it, you're so right because, again, knowing what I know now, they probably should have induced me. Um, but my, you know, my um, water's breaking wasn't your typical movie scene. It was not this, you know, gush of water all over the floor. I actually laid down in bed and, you know, I felt this gush and it, it soaked through onto the bed, but it wasn't anything outrageous. Did you I question thought, oh, if you wet yourself? Like... No, I knew I hadn't wet myself. Definitely not. It wasn't like that. It was. It was more. Yeah, it was different. It didn't feel yeah. like that. So that's how I felt I, when my waters broke. I was like, Did oh, I win? Wow. Did I? Yeah. yeah it was. But again, mine was a trickle as well. And I called my obstetrician, yeah. and I was like, I don't. I don't know. And again, I went in, and the midwife said, Oh, I don't think it's broken. They did a similar thing, and then she came down, and she was like, uh, You're not going home. And I was like, Okay. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. Because when I rang the hospital and I said, I think my water's broke, they said to me, you will know. Mm. And I went, oh, will I? Okay, then I'll know. I guess I don't. So back to bed. Um, Anyway, so yes, at the dog park on the Sunday morning. And then, yeah, the contractions just got worse and worse and worse. Uh, And by four o'clock in the afternoon, we went to my mum's house and my mum was like, um, I think you should go home. And (laughs) Like you're like this is labor. Like you're a baby <laughs> is coming. A baby is coming. I was like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, spoke to my doula, and then uh, she just said to monitor it, and you know, was guiding Dave, and he, you know, mainly on the phone and things like that. She lives not far away from us, so yeah. Um, and then we went into hospital at about one a.m. on Monday morning, and I got there, and I was five centimeters already. Um, 
I don't know how someone didn't call the police because I was like a banshee at home. I don't know how no one heard me because you would have been very suspicious that something else was happening. <laughs> it really is one of those kind of out-of-body experiences, isn't it? Basically, birth was not fun for me, if I'm being really honest. Um, I found it. I found labour, contractions, all of that excruciatingly painful. Um, yeah, I, I could not harness my breathing. And, um, yeah, by the time we got to hospital, I was five centimetres and um, I had some gas. Uh, what's that green, that? that stick that you inhale the, green whistle. Uh, the whistle I had the whistle oh my god so you were in agony oh I was in agony 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 I feel that Bad. isn't what are they, they administer that when you like break bones and you've like been yeah like you, I think it's a bit different for pregnancy I think it's yeah. like a dulled down version maybe but yeah exactly that yeah so then I labored for another four hours so by this point it was like oh God, you know, early morning, like 6 a.m. almost. Um, and at that point, I just wasn't getting anywhere. I think I got to seven centimetres after four hours. So we weren't really getting far. And I was physically exhausted. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't hold my own weight. I was honestly exhausted. So um, I had an epidural and um, then getting her out was tough. Um I could feel everything despite the epidural and I kept telling my obstetrician and they kept like kind of giving me small doses more but yeah I could I could feel her and she she wasn't stuck necessarily I don't think but she just wasn't moving so stuck not progressing not moving I don't know all the same but um getting her out was really hard and I pushed for two and a half hours, which I, again, know now that that is wrong. <laughs> oh. Wrong or not, yeah. I, I wish my preferences, not not must-haves, were that, yes, if I can deliver naturally, vaginally, then I would. Yeah. But if it wasn't working, then season me. Like, if that's what has to happen. Um, anyway, it didn't. And um, she was delivered via vacuum Uh and with, yeah, assisted delivery at about 3.30 in the afternoon. So it was a really long, long, long that's, time. That's a very long, and I'm sorry you had to go through some of that stuff because, and like, even though you say other people's births are more traumatic, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, it's your story and that's what you went through and how you felt is so valid. And from someone like looking in, like that would be so tough to go through what you did. Yeah, and then at the end, I didn't feel like I could Im Im like connect with her because I had just felt like, what the F has just happened to me? I was shaking. I was in shock. I was shaking all over. I had a white face cloth over my face. I didn't want to look at anyone, talk to anyone, and I'm pretty sure that's just not how you should feel after you've just given birth. No, but I think, I think quite a few people do. Like the more I've been mm. speaking – that sometimes if you've had that, like you're physically, emotionally exhausted. How are you totally. expect? How are you expected to be like? I'm so in love. Like this baby, like, like what <laughs> yeah. the fuck just happened? Like this is totally. insane. But um, with yeah. the early days, um, with Lou as well. Can you talk about how you, I guess, realized something wasn't quite? I hate the word right, but you know. I guess. No, no, that's okay. But, yeah, I mean, and it and it wasn't. Um, I probably noticed something. So, to, sorry, to answer your question, I I had actually been, you know, secretly kind of dealing with all of this for about eight months before 
I started sharing on Instagram. Um, and I got to the point where I had to share. So that's kind of how the momentum just went. And, uh, you know, I love that so many people have gravitated towards her. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, but in regards to noticing something in Luella, um, and look, I'm not anti-vax, I'm very pro-choice, um, but I did notice something strange happen about 10 days after her six-week vaccination. Now, I don't want anyone to start, you know, getting all like, oh my God, vaccinations. It's just that that's, if I'm being honest, that's when I noticed it. Is it related? I don't know. And I will probably never know. But she started doing this strange little, almost like a, a crunch sit up where it was just so slight that she would just bend kind of forward, but lightning fast. It was so quick, blink and you would miss it. And I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't want to sound like this hypochondria, like, like just overreacting kind of new mum, worrying about everything. Um, I was suffering from postnatal depression. It was not a fun time for me that, that kind of first six weeks. And um, Jesus, and baby, yeah. you had such a hard trot. Oh, my gosh. I just want to wrap my arms <laughs> yeah. around you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it just I just didn't take well to motherhood. And I think that was also really tough because I wanted – to embrace this I've wanted it for so long and here I was not it wasn't water off a duck's back you know it wasn't just this instant connection I found it really hard and so I didn't I think I kind of talked myself out of it because I was in so much stress and depression yeah so and then um at, I noticed it becoming more frequent um, these little crunch movements and um, oddly she woke up from asleep a couple of weeks later and she looked to me like she'd had a seizure and the only reason why I can say I know that is because my grandmother uh, had absent seizures. Uh, genetics tell us it's not directly linked because there's too many children and grandchildren between Luella. Um, and also I dated someone a few years ago who, well, quite some time ago now, who was also like, <laughs> on the side, a side boy. Married. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. <laughs> no, I was living in London at the time and yeah. Uh, yeah, he was diagnosed also with absent seizures and she just looked the same. And I rang my mum and I said, what would a baby seizure look like? And she said, oh, you know, they'd probably convulse and you would notice it and what have you. And she didn't look, she she didn't do that. She did go quite stiff and she looked out of it. Um, and then it happened again. And so we went up to emergency where she was um, diagnosed pretty quickly with um, infantile spasms, oh, which yeah. is a really rare form of epilepsy. And she's been non-responsive up until this point, hasn't she, to the typical medications that are offered to children that suffer from, because she has, is it West syndrome? West syndrome, yeah, infantile spasms. They they yeah, say yeah. it's the same, it's not. But, yeah, for, for easy uh, language, yes, West syndrome is, is the more severe version of infantile spasms. And, yes, she is non-responsive to um, pharmaceutical medications. Uh, we've tried and failed about 15. 
Up next, the conversation gets incredibly raw around how Erin is feeling with Luella's diagnosis. However, I just want to quickly thank today's sponsor, Hunter Candles, for their generous offer of 20% off using the code YOUNGMAMA20. The website is linked below. Thank you again, Hunter Candles, for making this episode possible. Alrighty, guys, let's get back to the episode. And doctors look at it, um, they say that if you have failed two medications, then you have what's called... uh, Oh, gosh, mind blank. Uh, refractory epilepsy, I think it's called, where, you know, you just you don't respond to the meds. So, therefore, they can't do anything, really. I just, I know I keep saying heart, like, but as a as a mum, you can make me cry. I said, well, I wouldn't cry. Yeah, it's, it's literally soul-destroying that you can't help your child. The people that, you know, you're, you're supposed to be able to trust and hope that they will find a way to to help your child you go to hospital you trust in these specialists and you 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 felt very let down haven't you by a lot of medical professionals so let down I mean this time last year we were in hospital um Luella was essentially in in what they call status epilepticus which is where the, the seizures just do not stop and a doctor looked at me verbatim and said, there is nothing more we can do for her epilepsy. Fuck you. I mean, there has to be something. Like, do that, Yeah, that's what you – yeah, oh. and that's what you say to them. And, I mean, it's just so cruel to leave her with no treatment, no other changes, and they're just kind of wiping their hands clean of her because she's in the too hard basket. I can't even – like, so, I've, I've yeah. got no – I can't even imagine, and I'm – I'm so sorry, and I know you're working so hard with other routes, and you you're in Napa, and you're going down, and more. Is it holistic? Is that sort of how you yeah. like to? Can you talk us through yeah. what is kind of working? I guess. Or... Yeah. So there is one medication that helps. It doesn't re. It it more relieves. Um, it's a medication called Clobazam, and that just helps dull the brain down. Really, it's it's really just a major like hardcore sedative. Um, which, you know, imagine being drugged like that every day as an infant. I mean, how must she perceive the world? But you have no other choice because it's the only thing that can can stop the seizures. And people don't realise how brutal epilepsy is. I mean, I used to think of epilepsy as, you know, you find a medic, you get a medication, you take a pill every day, and your seizures are controlled. I didn't know that epilepsy slowly kills the brain if you can't control the seizures with medication. I didn't know that, you know, approximately 3,000 children globally are diagnosed with infantile spasms, West Syndrome, every year. I didn't know that epilepsy is the most common form of neurological disorder. I mean, in Australia alone, there's 250,000 people living with it. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. It, you know, it, it, no, that's a shit ton it, of people. That's a lot. It's, it and, is a lot. And why do we and never hear about it? You know, you hear about cancer, diabetes and 100%. mental health and like all the feral in, in their own right. It's so important, but it, it's crazy Absolutely. to think that, you know, you had this beautiful baby that came out 10 fingers, 10 toes. Yeah. Looks 
you know, looks perfect from looking, even today, like looking at her, she's beautiful. She looks like the perfect little girl. And to think what goes on in her little head every day as a mum, that must be so incredibly tough to see her go through that. And Yeah, it truly is. I mean, to feel like, because people forget that there's no prosthetic for the brain. There's no rewiring really the brain. I mean, to me, a brain is like a fingerprint. They're so unique to every single person and you can't change what is there to a degree. I mean, you can alter it and you can cut it out or you can do those sorts of things. But once that's done, there's no turning back. It's not like you broke a leg and they put a pin in and if that pin doesn't take, you can try a different pin they develop in a yeah like the I often say to myself and I say to myself like any other organ like I would trade any other organ if I if I had to live with something I would trade any other organ because the brain you cannot change it's it's so hard yeah no I can't even imagine so back I guess to sort of what is working you said it's clove Clover. Sorry, yes, sorry. I went don't say, there. no, don't <laughs> say, this is what I love about it because there'll be people that find this podcast and, you know, they might be looking at West Indra and they might be going down the, the path that you're yeah. going down. And I know it's different for everyone, the little bit of research yes. that I've done. I know Very some different. children do respond, people do respond differently to different drugs and yes. there's a handful that don't. I've heard a doctor say 10% will die from infantile spasms. will be cured from early treatment and the remaining 80% will have lifelong disability and they are quite severe. Uh, But yes, we do look at more of a holistic approach. Um, We focus a lot on CBD oil and that has been a massive game changer for us. Um, Yeah, it, it, it was about August last year where I had actually been trialing different oils for quite some time and was getting nowhere. Um, And we went on to a steroid called ACTH, which is essentially your pituitary gland producing more of its own ACTH. We all produce it in our body. Um, And um, I guess it's a more natural version to a degree of a steroid. Anyway, what that to do was to help reduce the inflammation in her brain so that we could do certain tests and so forth because she was just having too many spasms uh and at that point um, oil her seizures had reduced and it was within two hours she was a different baby within two hours she had become vocal when she had been non-verbal up until then and within about i think it was about three weeks she had learnt to roll over and before that yeah and before that she was vegetative like she was not moving she was doing nothing she would just lay on her back she yeah she could do nothing did those little moments just make your heart burst like seeing oh my gosh seeing her roll over like seeing her like I remember you uploaded this video and I sound like such a fucking stalker and I but like when she did the sit to like on her own and you recorded it by chance and she was sort of like pulled herself up I remember being like oh my gosh and I sat down with my five-year-old and I showed her and I was like look honey and just just to try and make things you know but it's true like because 
they, you know, I went to a school which integrated children with disability. I, I mean, to some to some extent, it was really great. And, you know, it's I think it's important for kids to see children that, you know, aren't. Um, Absolutely. So she's very aware. Yeah, because that's is. life, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, CBD oil has just been Sorry. a game changer for us. It's really helped her. I call them inch pebbles instead of milestones because we don't have milestones. We have a smaller version of that. So there are inch pebbles. Um, and yeah, when she started to roll over and she was uh, getting up from laying on her belly into sitting, you know, your heart just explodes because it really challenges. She's living proof of evidence that CBD oil works in pediatric epilepsy, which doctors up until kind of now really aren't willing willing to look at. Um, sadly, until it doctors obviously can't be seen to be supportive of it. There are a handful around that are pro CBD, but you know they're not they're not out there really telling people. And so it makes did you it really source hard. this all on your own? Like, did you go and find it, and do you buy it all on your own and fund? Like, I imagine it's yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, so yes to all of those questions. So, yeah, I had to start researching it myself and finding out about it. Um, My family is quite holistic. Uh, So I've got some family members that actually knew a bit about it. So they, you know, they kind of said, look, I don't know if this will work, but this is what I know. Here's the information I have so far. You know, here's where I would start to look into it. And it really was a lot of hard late night up until you know two three in the morning research on YouTube just going over and over and over trying to find parents that have used it other doctors that have used it trying to understand the plant and how the oil works and understanding the endocannabinoid system within the body and all of these things that how they just all interlink it's just like it was mind-blowing um, but we were at the point where nothing else was working. Doctors had, you know, verbatim said they can't help us. So what else nothing, do you do? I nothing mean, to lose, right? Like nothing it to can't lose. harm and her, can it? It cannot harm her. People have this huge misconception about CBD oil. Um, if it has high THC, that's very different. We're talking about a high low THC oil what it does it connects to certain receptors in the brain and it rewires the brain it changes the pathway which is why they're starting to use it in depression and anxiety and their you know mental health because it helps it works well why I've heard about it is my family's big on mental health my sister is um she's very open she's got bipolar and she has She's got a very holistic in something that's thrown around. So I've heard about it, but I mm. honestly have no no knowledge. But it is crazy to think, you know, you as a mum have also become a medical professional without, you know, without and even This happens to it. a lot of parents in these shoes, yeah. I mean, you end up knowing more than the doctors in, in to some respect, really for your child because you know them best. So I just wish that in our experience doctors had been – had listened to me more and heard me and not dismissed me the way they have over this time. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's incredible. It's an incredible uh, option, I think, for pediatric epilepsy. And I really hope that 
the stigma falls away really soon if it hasn't already. I mean, I think we're getting there, but it's it's really trying to chip away. And I think politicians really need to start and listen and, and change the laws around it and give more access to parents like me so that I don't have to dig around in the dark trying to find what's, what, what works, that I can go to people who understand the plan or can help me dose and all of those things that I've had to work out all on my own. Well, let's hope it falls onto the PBS eventually as well. And so it's something that's accessible for everyone yeah. because if it's helping, why the fuck yeah. is it not? So you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that Fingers something you're crossed. passionate about? Like I know you've got your little secret squirrel project that yeah. we don't know too much about, but is it yeah. focusing on Luella's condition and like can you tell us anything yeah. about what's going on? Yeah, sure. So I'm starting up a website that is very much about our journey um it is not there to give medical advice i am of course not a doctor um but it is really about our journey so that parents essentially have what i didn't have and that was a resource that i could go to that wasn't full of medical jargon it's just mum to mum parent to parent explaining what we've been through talking about medications to a degree i mean i understand that you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but just kind of. You might not be a doctor, but lived experience is more than a doctor because you can study everything to, well, in my opinion, you can study everything to within inch of its life. And this is what my sister psychiatrist say to her, like, we know everything on textbook, but we don't experience it. So we don't know. And it's true because these people, yes, you study it, you study the brain, you know it, but you sit with your child 24 hours a day and you know her brain better than what a scan shows because you see it in action. So that's going to be such an incredible resource to so many people. I hope so. And it's, it's a website just to also in some way kind of give back and pay it forward for all the love and support that we've received over the last year, especially with starting Luella's Instagram page. Um, I speak to families every day, mainly mums who are riding this awful roller coaster as well. And not that I I, I want to just say, here's the website, go read there, but it, they can read that and then come to me and ask me a whole bunch of other questions, but kind of the foundations and the fundamentals of everything they're asking me is there. And yeah. that just, it doesn't exist. It's, it's not around. So, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, epilepsy foundations, but it, just the way it reads and the way it presents is quite archaic. So I'm trying to change that and, and modernise it. And um, there will hopefully be some big fundraising pieces uh, within that website. Um, I'm hoping to uh, team up with uh, an epilepsy foundation that are quite like-minded to me. Okay. Uh, and um, I'm hoping as well, we're, we're in early stage discussions of potentially working with a um, or having some you know, potential partnership with um, a corporate who will help with that that fundraising arm. So, well, let's not say hope. Let's just say it will be. So, if anyone has a big corporate be. business that is listening or works for a company that you know is looking to get behind an amazing cause, send a note. I'm going to link all your stuff down below because you've got to throw it Thank out you. there. My background's yes. in partnerships, so if you ever need oh, a hand, um, oh, thank you. Zoe. I'd love That's to help amazing. out, and I'm sure there's so many people as well that would want to. But I just, I can't, I know I wrote that email to you, but you, motherhood aside, like as a woman, you're so, like, I mean, so 
like even just seeing you guys at home in lockdown, running down the hallway, like having that moment of happiness, it made my heart so happy because I imagine you have, you know, few and far between normal moments, if that makes sense. I'm doing normal in the bunny yeah. because I know your normal is, everyone's normal is different. But you're just, you are such a credit to yourself. So you should be so proud because what you're doing is, it's going to change, you know, this space, I have no doubt. And what you're giving Luella the best shot. So thank you. And that really means a lot. I mean, I I don't can I don't see myself that way. Uh but thank you. I think all I'm really what I'm doing is just trying to bring more awareness. I'm trying to shine a light on this horrific neurological disorder and you know that there's a reason why they call epilepsy the silent disability. It's because you can't see it and we really need to get people seeing it so that it it's no longer hidden. Yeah, it needs the funding behind it so that research can be done. So absolutely, you know, you'll do that. And you touched on mental health. I know you had postpartum. I, I know we've been talking for forever, so I'll wrap it up soon. But no, you're fine. How do you like? How do you cope? Like, do you? <laughs> I know some days you don't, but what helps you get through? Or you know, how are yeah. you mentally? I guess is the question. Uh, I don't think I cope. I, I don't cope well. Um, I cry almost every day. Um, mainly in the shower and you know, my my car, my steering wheel has taken a, a bashing, uh, I assure you, uh, over the last 18 months. Um, I don't know how to cope. Uh, I don't find myself overly resilient because I often just can't keep my shit together. And it's the smallest of things, you know, that wouldn't, wouldn't upset me, you know, I burnt the toast the other day and it brought me to my knees and, t- and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that these little things that just that anxiety and that depression that is such a stranglehold on, on me mentally. And I know so many others, um, especially new mums, I guess we just haven't, I haven't really had time to adjust to motherhood because she was so little. I was just coming out of that kind of first six week, you know, kind of, Fog. Fog, exactly. And then, you know, less than a month later, we were in emergency. So, I mean, I just, I haven't had a proper. No, God, you don't need to say, like, even just watching you now and listen to you speak, like, like you've got to greet, like, greet the life you thought you'd have. And yeah, and I think that's a huge part of it is that life with Dave before you know in our before life it was so abundant and I don't mean financially I just mean it just it felt so full and it's full now but not in the ways that I ever imagined yeah I mean I just wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy it's just it's a really really tough experience because you don't know what's coming you don't know what outcome there will be. Yeah. Uh, we just don't know what's going to happen for her. So I don't yeah. know. And I, I don't want to use this flippantly, but, you know, maybe if it was something else, there might be a more definitive answer or a definitive prognosis, but we just don't have that. So, yeah, I, I, I crumble a lot. Yeah, a real. I think I think 
anyone that had a heart would like you love your dog it just I can't even imagine it would just be devastating for you but you know you're doing all the right things so you need to know that like I said you're giving you're giving her the best shot you're in Napa you're researching to an inch of its life you're doing everything to protect her and you know seeing you now I want to protect you like there needs to be I hope you have people around you, whether it be medical professionals. I know you've got your beautiful family and a great group of, I'm sure, friends. But, you know, it's so important. You know, this is your life too. And Yeah. I guess it's just, it's it's clouded. All-consuming, all right? It's so all-consuming and it's there's just no end. I mean, disability doesn't go away. And if anything, it's just going to get harder as she gets older. Um, and especially at this time where she's not walking, she's not crawling, she's nonverbal, and you know, we really do have to take it one day at a time. But in the same breath, it's like if I just took it one day at a time, we'd get nowhere. So yeah. you are kind of always trying to think of what's next, and it, it, it's just mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting. It's um, yeah, I'm definitely not the person I used to be. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the wife the daughter, the friend, any of those things that I want to be. Um, but don't ever yeah. beat yourself up about that because everyone, you, you're exactly who you're supposed to be now and I know it's it's tough but I hope the people around you let you know how loved you are because even just from an, an Instagram community, I know, again, taking it back to social media, but I talk about you a lot and I know a lot of people that listen to this my friends they talk about you a lot and you you. are like I said you're doing big things and you might you know sitting in your house in your home with your daughter feel this big sometimes I can't even imagine but (laughs) no but you are doing big things big 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 things and you're changing and educating people without even realizing it and normalizing things that should be normal when you know, the other night when you were let down by the medical system and you had the trauma and you're in the hospital and you had to friend. I know that, but it, it is normalizing things that parents go through and what you're going through is not normal by any means. But those yeah. feelings, yours are just on a completely different level. But you're doing, yeah, like I said, you're just you're doing good Thank things. You. So, you know, Thank I don't you. even know you, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm so Thank proud you. of you. <laughs> I Thank just... you. But it it is those types of comments and those that love that pours through from Instagram that really does kind of keep me afloat. Um, it People don't realise how much of a positive impact it has for me. So very yeah. grateful. No, that's good. But um, let's end on a positive. Something like I can't even imagine. Like do you even have time to do things outside of all of this? But like <laughs> I like to end on a share because I feel like the good podcast that I listen to, you know, send me to a good series or send me to a good book or a good podcast or whatever. But I don't know if you have a good resource. Sorry, grab a tissue. I've just sent yeah. you like snotty <laughs> nose crying and now I'm making no, you like pep no, like, up for the end. No, no, I don't know. I can't even. Uh, but, um, yeah, if I can be really honest and I, I hope you will, I, I want to end it on a good note and I absolutely will. Um, but out <laughs> of all of the questions, like this was, this is the hardest to know. And, you know, sadly, I don't get a lot of time to, you know, listen to a lot of podcasts or read books or go on those coffee dates. My life is so insular and it, and that obviously, you know, isn't a good thing all the time, but, you know, the biggest thing that 
yeah, it really does keep me going and it has to really is Luella. I mean, she is my, the reason I have to get up every day um, because I have to, yeah, look after her. You're her mummy um, and she loves yeah. you so much. Yeah. Like, no. Troll, I just can't even explain how much I love her. It's just, yeah, it's another level. I mean, obviously my husband, he's just, a, you know, he tolerates a very sad person in his life which you know comes with its own challenges as a partner um but you know I think really it's family my parents are just incredible um I would just you know if I haven't already I uh, I would have had a nervous breakdown without them um you know I have this one girlfriend who probably messages me you know three four times a week want to come for a walk, want to come for coffee, want to do this, want to do that. And, you know, she often gets no's simply because we don't have time. But mainly, you know, I think what's important with sharing about that is that she never stops and it's not annoying, but I know that I can say yes or no and she's fine with it. And I think that's really important in not only just in motherhood um, but also in the special needs world. We need just as many, if not more, breaks, but it's harder to get to. And I think if friends can do anything for a friend with, if their child has special needs, is to always ask them. And if they say no, it's never about them. And I have a really beautiful friend who always does that. And she definitely fills my cup and I feel grateful to have her in my life. But I think the one of the biggest positives as well is I don't want it to sound cliche, but it it really has been Instagram. It has been Luella's page. It has brought me out of a very dark hole. It's allowed me to share my deepest and darkest thoughts. And I'm not writing to anyone. It's, It's really just like a bit of a dear diary. And it's been so cathartic for me. It's given me the space to really just say all the things I, I don't know, Sometimes some doors close and other open and I I love that. And, yeah, just the beautiful community that we have who, for whatever reason, have gravitated towards Luella. I am just so grateful. Um, But, babe, they haven't just gravitated towards her. They're gravitating towards you. Like you Mm. are, like I said, there's so much love for you, more than you'd Mm. even, like, ever realise. So, you know, make sure you remind, look in that mirror and tell yourself, you know, doing good things. But thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, honestly, I'm honoured. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and taking the time. I told you it was a special one. Now, please, if I can ask anything of you, please head over to Instagram and give Erin and Luella a follow. I've linked their Instagram down below. As you can tell, community is everything to her. I'll be back here in your ears next Thursday at 6am. Love you guys.